Welcome to the Stubborn Tortoise Podcast. I'm Donna Pazdera. Well, today we've got a very special COVID edition, if you will. Um, I had the absolute pleasure to interview two incredible ultra runners. Um, They're in a way different league than myself or really most of the people I know. So, I mean, but they're really cool and humble and they've been, they've got a really interesting story. Um, So, uh, Matt Madej and Cassandra Turner, um, funny story about Sandra, you will hear, hear this, but uh, what got her into, she got into running like five years ago, first race she ever did was a hundred miler. Yeah, so that's the kind of people, <laughs> anyway, they've, they've, they're based in um, Bulgaria, but um, because of circumstances, they ended up coming to the United States and um, kind of hanging out here um, until they're supposed to, they've got a plane ticket to go back um, at least to Madrid um, beginning of July and hopefully (laughs) they get to get back there. Um, Although I was trying to lure them into the Captain Carl's Mule Shoe Bend race, but it's going to be after their departure time. And I really don't want anything else to happen that we would, that would require them to stay in the U.S. any longer than they need to. But meanwhile, they've been pretty much traveling the country, um, having really incredible experiences. They were in Dallas, I think it was last weekend, and the hotel where they were staying, the windows were smashed out. And yeah, so they got caught up in the riots. I mean, they're just sort of like on the front lines of all this craziness. And they have a story about spending a night in, or a couple of days in jail. Uh, and so it's uh, not because they did anything wrong, but it was just quarantining. And, um, but anyway, yeah, so they're, they're pretty cool people. And um, so without further ado, I'm going to let you listen in on that conversation. The, the audio quality is not where I really would love for it to be, but it's, it's still pretty good. So, you know, just kind of deal with that. So have at it. Well, we were in Chicago, and our hotel was in the middle of the Chicago riot. Okay. So, um, we got the hell out, so we went to Wisconsin Dells. So we didn't know what else to do because the hotel we were staying at, all the windows got knocked out, and, like, we, we, we were ground zero. We, we didn't really, like, like, it was real peaceful while it was happening, but then... Um, once they did the curfew, it was really... Yeah, once they, like... Chaotic. Yeah, once they, they did the curfew, it was, yeah. And then, so, like, we tried to get back to our hotel, um, and we couldn't, we weren't going to drive through people throwing bricks and, like, stuff like that, right? So, like, we parked kind of far away, and we had to sneak through alleys, and we weren't really afraid of the people. We were more afraid of just getting, like, shot with the, with the um, rubber shots and stuff, because the cops are going crazy with those, and they had these things where it just went, and just, like, shot balls all over the place, and, and we didn't want to be... Uh, on the receiving end of that so we just kind of like went to our uh we snuck down the alley and then went to our hotel and just kind of like watched it all happen but, yeah and it was i mean we got up the next morning and several windows were broken in um on our hotel and like a bunch of buildings down the street so and we heard it all night you know it sounded like a war zone it was really intense wow so we left chicago and we got early when happened. everyone yeah it seemed like all the sirens stopped so then we like got the hell out yeah so we're in Wisconsin Dells. Yeah. We're like, there's no lockdown and we're, we're doing um, weird rides and like water parks and stuff like that while we're waiting. 
Holy cow. Yeah, I was actually supposed to be up in Wisconsin flying into Chicago this past weekend. Um, I signed up for a 50K. And um, then it, the race got canceled or yeah, they were doing it virtual. And I'm so glad that because I would have been flying out of Chicago yesterday. And yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts. It's, it's crazy. So we're, we're living in incredibly interesting times. You know? so, oh, yeah. So well, well, tell me, you know, because I think the main thrust of this is um, to talk about your experiences. I mean, you know, I mean, really, I think all we need is like a major hurricane and, you know, maybe a match. Uh -huh. And I'm kidding about that, okay? But I'm just saying, it's like, oh my God, I just can't even imagine what else. I don't even want to think about it, you know? But um, so, so tell me a little bit about yourselves and, um, and how you, you know, what, what your running uh, career is. And then we'll talk about the pandemic situation and why you're here and whatnot and what you're doing. Um, okay, well, so what Cassandra and I do, and I'll let you kind of talk about you too, but like, well, what we do is we basically travel the world doing ultra ultras. So kind of the shortest distances are a hundred miles plus. Sometimes we do a hundred Ks, right. like a hundred K. Generally, like what we look for are um, the races where it's kind of like, holy shit. Yeah. Like if, if someone says shit, it's like, oh, wow, let's look into that one. It's like, you know, like... <laughs> What's really strange is during this during this little trip of ours, like we ran basically bad water. So we went down to Death Valley and we're running that for a while. So we like seek the. Oh, we like, ran on Mount Whitney as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's just so it's just kind of like uh, looking for those kind of races. But um, you know, we're usually a, a top ten finisher in, in most of the the hundred mile or pluses. Um, and what's we your, what's we your best time for hundred? See, now that's, okay, so that's a very marathon question. Okay. <laughs> no worries. It's just, it depends. I mean, I could, I could do one where it's a hundred miler and it might take you 35 hours and that will be the winning time. I got it. I got you know, it. So I get the terrain and all that other stuff. Yeah, it, it definitely varies. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just, it's so, yeah. Like you could run a 50K that could take you that long. Um, well, we did have a hundred, there was a hundred K that took like 30 something hours and that was a good time. Yeah, that was a top ten finish. So yeah, it's in Europe. The mountains are just unreal. Yeah, you wouldn't even. We we got it handed to us when we first went there. We thought we're like, oh yeah, like no problem. We're gonna finish this race in like seventeen hours. No big deal. Thirty hours later, we're like I have do not have enough food for this. You know, it was crazy. Yeah. That's, yeah, I don't think I've ever met people like you. So this is, I mean, I have friends that do hundreds, but they don't go around the world. They're not sponsored and, and things like that. So, because I was checking out both y'all's Instagrams and, um, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. they're so cool. I was like, oh my God, these guys have such a great life. <laughs> so, it's, it's interesting. It's like, if you don't, if you sacrifice things, you can have, there's a lot of money for adventures and there's a lot of time if you don't you know, work to the bone. So like for me, I owned a, a relatively large ad agency in the States and decided, you know what? Time is more valuable than money to me. And I just basically, I sold the business and we just traveled the world and that's it. That, that's my priority. Um, and it might not pan out later on. I might regret it, you know, once I get old and, you know, and like want the money or whatever. But like for, for right now, it's just like we're having a great time doing it and meeting just amazing people. But yeah. this COVID thing has been an amazing uh, there's shock. There's, there's unprecedented sort of uh, things that have happened. Like Cassandra and I did, uh, had our first stint in jail. First stint in jail. We've been in jail. 
Bulgarian, Bulgarian jail for two days we spent uh, because of COVID, which is very strange because we, we, um, we were vacationing in Spain and uh, we tried to get back to Bulgaria and we had a notarized letter from um, was it? Ministry, of Interior. Ministry of Interior saying, yeah, no problem. You guys can come back. You know, you're a long stay visa holder. And we get there and the Border Patrol felt differently about it. And what's interesting is that until you yeah. cross into Bulgaria, you're technically in a military non-country zone. So they didn't really know what to do with us and there were no flights out. That was the only flight for the day that we flew in on. So what do you do? So they, you know, we could, they couldn't have us just sleeping in the airport. So the only available place for us to stay was in jail. They locked us up. We were, in, we were basically in the prison cells that people that are deported for cause occupy until they're removed. Oh my God. So it's like murdered somebody. Yeah, it's like if we murdered somebody. And it was like us and our little chihuahua. Yeah. <laughs> what was the chihuahua doing there? We take the chihuahua everywhere. Oh, okay, okay, I gotcha, gotcha. Oh God, I, I love Zoom meetings. We always show our pets. Yes. Oh, how sweet. What's the chihuahua's name? Pumpy. Yeah. Oh, what a sweetheart. Wow, that, that's a lucky dog, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, I have two cats, but they're not really around right now. So <laughs> if they if they wander by, I'll pick him up and show you. Yeah. So that's crazy. Um, so you, you had to spend two days. Did they give you meals and things like that? No, no we had to go through the vending machine. Yeah, so you're on 24-hour camera. So like if you, you know, wave really big, someone will come and then... Um, they would take us to go buy them from like the vending machines or a little like shop in the airport, you know. We made friends though. We met this guy from Turkey that was awesome. Yeah. You know, but these were all people being deported for cause or non cause. I mean, they, COVID just changed everything, yeah, you know, it I mean, really like caused a huge ripple, yeah. you know, with, with travel, especially. Oh, God, I can only imagine. Yeah. And you guys are based in Bulgaria, yes or no? Yeah, we live in Bulgaria. Great. It's a great place. If you're an ultra runner, it's probably one of the best places in the world to, to train. Yeah, we have awesome mountains like right outside of our door. Yeah. You know, it's, it's wonderful. The Balkan mountain range is right there. So they have really great trails. You can go forever, you know. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And you can literally run to the altitude and all that sort of thing when you're out, you know, wherever. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. That's, yeah. I, I don't really like the, the hills and stuff, <laughs> even in Texas. Oh, no. It's just not my thing, you know. But anyway. it used to be the same way. States, um, I ran my first marathon with Chicago Marathon, and like I, I, I kind of teared up at the end of it. And I was like, "That's it. I never have to run another race. I've done a marathon." And it was—it's weird because like it's almost like an addict's mindset because it took about a week, maybe two, and then I registered for a marathon every single month. Oh you know, so I'm like, I travel over the country just doing these marathons. And then uh, my friend in India is like, Matt, you've got to try a, a, you know, an ultra marathon. So I, I did Comrades. And like, I, I didn't know what it was like after 26 miles. I never run that far. And I realized that I did a negative split in Comrades. I was way too conservative. Oh, wow. And I just missed the silver finish, you know. So then uh, I'm like, well, I'm going to try another one at 100K, which was even farther than Comrades. And I won it. You know, I didn't hold back. I just ran like normal. I'm like, wow, like ultras are kind of what I was meant to run. That's cool. That's, that, yeah, I mean, 
I actually skipped the marathon and went straight to ultras. So, you know, that's, I, I really like the 50K distance. That's kind of my thing. But, you know, I'm going to try for my first 100 miles. Well, I tried a 100 miler about a year ago and just stopped at 100K, and um, which was okay because I had never done one of those. So, you know, hey, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand. Yeah. So, so you definitely are more into the trail running scene, right? Absolutely. Absolutely trail. Yeah. yeah, definitely. People, yeah, different experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier on your body. Yeah. Oh, there's your kitty. I see a cat. <laughs> <laughs> he's saying hi. Oh, no, no. Yeah, he's cute. Oh, he's very cute. He loves everyone. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think he's bigger than our dog. Yeah, he probably is. Yeah. Both my cats are really big. Well, he's super fluffy. He's like four years old. Yeah, he doesn't want to do that. But, but yeah, so they're saying well, the other one's in the other room. And he's also black and white, but not fluffy. So it's just, they're both like strays that my friends found and I adopted. So yeah. And then we have a, a feral cat colony um, that I share with my neighbors. Um, <laughs> and they just had some babies, uh, some of the girls. And oh my God, they are absolutely the cutest kittens you have ever seen in your life. I mean, they look like the ones out of pictures, you know, or like greeting cards. They have like kind of blue eyes and they're fuzzy and oh my God, their markings are so pretty. Anyway, God, I'm going off on a tangent. That is one thing you will find about me sometimes. Is I, I, I talk too much. I got a C in conduct in first grade because it said I talk too much. So <laughs> and I promised you I would only hold you for a half hour. So I don't want to. No, you can, as long as you like. I have a weird tangent story for you though. So like, what we've been doing, and I'll let you tell it kind of, I'll, I'll do the, the, Go for the build up. So like what we've been doing, so like we had to, after uh, Bulgaria, they, they basically gave us the option of going anywhere we want, but we got to leave. And there's no other country that would accept us but our own, so we had to come back. And we've been like, don't judge it. Um, maybe, maybe it happened, maybe it didn't, wink, wink. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what we've been doing is like, we've been very, um, you know, we would wear a mask and we're very, uh, you know, sensitive to the risk of COVID. So we're not like disregarding it, but like we would go and break into all the national parks and stuff. So <laughs> the thing is that you can't keep an ultra runner out. So right. like there's 10 miles of force between like some parking lot and the Grand Canyon, we're getting in there. So we literally ran. Uh, we ran like the back entrance, you know, I mean, through, through, we forest, through the forest, and no trails. In. Yeah, there's no trails. So as long as you know GPS where you're roughly one ahead, we just yeah. did a 10 mile and then we had the Grand Canyon to ourselves. Same thing with the petrified forest. Oh my but, God. But you know, we're not going in through the entrance. We're not like parking in the area. We're just hiking and in the like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had the Grand Canyon to ourselves for a day. That, that's, that is a story. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Beautiful. I'd never seen it before, so I'm like, well, oh. this is the end of the world. I mean, it's amazing. Like, yeah. And having it to yourself, that's even better. Oh, yeah, it was neat. But, but uh, the, the story, the tangent was, so we were running in, um, so we've been just driving from California all the way across the country and like running all the epic 100 milers. So the next 100 mile we're going to run is uh, we're going to Colorado and we're going to run hard, uh, Leadville and Hard Rock. No, Hard Rock's not in Colorado. Uh, uh, Leadville and uh, oh, Hard Rock, right? No. Hard Rock got canceled, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Know. So we're not running the actual races. Oh, we're running. Yeah. But we're, no, we're doing races, though. 
<laughs> All right. Well, anyway, so like, so like, well, anyway, so like, we're just kind of traveling the country and doing that. But like, we're running um, in Bloomington, Illinois, in the middle of nowhere, and um, you know, sorry, I'm telling because we're talking about it. yeah. So like, um, so we're just running, and Cassandra just like, she just stops, and I see some dogs around. I'm like, you know, I wasn't sure what they were doing, but it looked like they were getting aggressive. So I'm like, get out, you know, like kind of scared away. And then Cassandra stopped. You tell a story. So I stopped because I heard a crash behind me and I turned around and a baby raccoon had fallen out of a tree and there were these dogs that were off leash in the area so we didn't want to leave him you know um so I really wanted to go or I, I insisted on saving this raccoon and we couldn't get him back up in the tree we didn't want to leave him on the ground young. yeah we tried to like get him to climb he wouldn't um and we didn't want to leave him on the ground with the dogs right there because they would have just probably attacked him, which I think might have been what was going on anyways when we came up. Um, so we took him to, well, first we called the local zoo and they said, well, we don't take animals. Call this guy. He rescues them. So we called him and he said, well, I don't take animals, but you can call this lady. She has a bunch of records at her house. And so ultimately we took him, we wrapped him in a shirt and then actually managed to find a box from yeah, like a, someone a farmer. farmer mowing around like through a pasture. So we heard him and went over and he gave us a box and so we <laughs> put the raccoon in a box and, and ran him back. Ran out with this <laughs> raccoon and then took him. And so now he'll have a happy life and be safe, which is great. That's, Not cool. be that's, a, that's a great story. <laughs> so what? Little. You know. Yeah, that's so sweet. Oh my gosh. So you guys have been, uh, so uh, how long do you, well, I guess you don't really know how long you're going to be staying in the States, do you? We bought a ticket for July, July 2nd for Spain. Because they say it's going to open July 1st, so we just got right on it, got our ticket. Good. And hopefully we can get back in, and if it turns out that they don't open it, we'll just postpone the ticket. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing to see, like, as an ultra runner, especially if you're an ultra trail runner, um, the kind of weird stuff we, we come across. You know what I mean? Like, something like that. Like, yeah. I would say that when I was doing marathons and street stuff, like, it was pr a pretty predictable experience, you know? But, like, we trail just, running is almost entirely unpredictable. Yeah, it's, it's all spontaneous. So, like, we, we um, went to Iceland just you know what was for our friend's uh, birthday but our friend got sick and couldn't do it and so we ended um, up in Iceland with Iceland, no plans then and, and then, our friends weren't there <laughs> and then you just run places where like people with tours probably wouldn't go you know like someone with a tour is not going to go 50 miles out and then back no. do you know what I mean but like yeah. so we get, to, we get to see so many parts of the planet and you can run across glaciers it was neat too because it was in the summer when it was light 24 hours so there's no time cap on it you know you just you run and it's like twilight even at midnight two in the morning but i mean i guess that's it's just like yeah see see places that are just spectacular and yours that's your unique experience you yeah know? that's what you take away the races are fun because it kind of keeps you honest there's something to you know, there's something to strive for, and if you know, you might win it, you might not win it. Doesn't really matter. Um, but those experiences, especially as a couple, for us, like a lot of people know of us because we're our our, our being a couple is kind of what uh, people know us as um, for racing and stuff. You know, and and 
where we travel and we go to these races, it's neat to have, you know, we're kind of a package deal. Yeah, always a package <laughs> and, deal. Uh, and there aren't that many couples, I think, where both people are ultra runners, you know. Um, there definitely are some, but it's it's rare that both people are into that. And it's, gosh, I almost don't even know how it could work without it because it's oh, such yeah. an investment of time and energy to train, yeah. as you know. And, um, and so having that also be relationship time and relationship building is really helpful, you know, and uh, then no one really has to sacrifice for the sake of the sport, which is great. Really, really awesome. Yeah. I know you have a bunch of, I'm sorry, I was just going to say one more thing, but like, uh, oh, go ahead. It's fine. I don't want to commandeer your show, but like, yeah. So like, if you think about strengthening a relationship, most couples will go to work, they'll have their own lives. And they come back and maybe they'll get a slice of make, like an hour together. And they're pretty exhausted from the day. And like, it's not like it's a hard stop with most jobs. You take your work home with you. You take your problems from work home with you. And there's no collaboration. But as ultra runners, we train together. So like if she's having a bad day, then it's my job to kind of motivate her and help because it's we both depend on each other, you know? So like every every time you run, which is every day, is like constant reinforcement of the things that make relationships stronger. Mm -hmm. So if you can find someone that um, participates in your passion for whatever, um, I think that that is one of the secrets to having a good long lasting relationship that's really strong because you're constantly supporting each other and you know how to read that person and you guys grow together. So I think that that's one of the most wonderful things about dating Cassandra for me is that it just feels like every day we get stronger as a couple. That's awesome. How long have you two been together? Going on five, five years. years, yeah. Cool. And how long have you been doing this traveling around the world? Five years. <laughs> yeah. So um, six months into us dating, I basically like left my job and packed my stuff and got rid of most of it and joined him on his world travel. Um, what were you doing at the time? Uh, marine science in Hawaii. in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't even in a bad place. Like I didn't. You know, it wasn't somewhere I really was like super amped to get out of, but yeah, so I bought a one-way ticket to Madrid and we've kind of been doing that since. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. We were traveling for like two years, I think, um, just, you know, with our backpacks and stuff. And now we have a place in Bulgaria and it's really great to have a home base, yeah. but it was yeah. free to be able to like, yeah. you know, just travel and have minimal things and not worry about so much. Right. No, I think that, I think it's so. Yeah, I, I just think that's really cool. So, how did you two meet? At hundred miler. What's that? At, um, I'm sorry. At a hundred miler in Arkansas. Arkansas traveler. Yeah. yeah, it was both of our first hundred miler. Yeah. Um. So he beat me by like five hours. It's respectable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was good. It was a good time. The plan was to run together and. But like I think that lasted like ten minutes. Ten minutes. I'm like, I gotta go, I gotta go. And I took off. That's familiar. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like you guys are kind of like on the same pace these days. Uh, we've we've done one race together where I did catch up maybe like 25, 30 miles in. And yeah. then we yeah. stayed together for the rest of it. But Matt's always faster. It's always he's always waiting for me. I do well for girls, um, but you know the men's field is a lot more competitive. Generally, there are a lot more men in the race. So, um, yeah, so he's much faster. I win more races. Uh, you win more races? No, you know, a 
okay, place. I, I, oh, yeah. yeah, it's okay. The one, yeah, flat out. Well, just wait till you get to be like <clears throat> over 50. You'll, st you'll, you'll find <laughs> this is the thing that I've discovered is like I've been placing, you know, because it's like there's not that many of us out there. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not very fast or anything like that. But I just, you know, I love doing it. And, um, yeah, I mean, and I've only been doing this for like about 10 years. So, I mean, it's, it's funny. I was not a runner to begin with. I hated it. And you know, I just kind of gradually got myself into it. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm very much your average runner. But, yeah, I can tell you that if you stick with this, you know, as you get older, you'll, you'll find that, you know, the, 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 the um, what do you call it? The competition thins out a lot. So, not so yeah, much yeah. guys, not so much for the guys. girls. Yeah, I don't know why that is, but anyway so um in europe though even i mean even an open age category there might be 10 girls in the whole race you know so you're like great i'm in it i've got top 10. all i have to do is finish but you have to admit the girls there are like oh they're powerhouses hardcore. like those races are so mountainous and you're really on your own in a lot of them but Yes, they're they're extremely competent and talented runners over there. Yeah, European runners. Like so, you know, I, I just came off a winning a, a race and like just do a couple of podiums and then we moved to Europe, right? So like, I thought, man, I'm gonna dominate here. You know, you know, thinking the U.S. has to have the best runners, and I literally just got my butt handed to me so bad in Spain. We were doing uh, Grand Pyrenees. Uh, I need to wait for that. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, it was just brutal. Because there they'll like have a little flag every like quarter of a mile, and that's it. There might not even be a trail. It's like here, go go climb that mountain. You know, like that's it. And then look for the flags that glow in the dark at night. Uh, there might be glaciers that you're crossing. Just crazy stuff. And it's like European runners are seriously hardcore. Yeah, we had to buy crampons for that race. The spikes that go on your yeah, shoes. Yeah. For one was my life. We were like, this is so stupid. They just they're just to sell stuff. Yeah, <laughs> we're like, they're just trying to get you to buy these from their local running shop. And we got out there and we're like, oh no, we see. Mm -hmm. These are God very necessary. Those. Oh my God, we slid down the mountain. It was you crazy. You could have crossed it. Yeah. Like, what's gear list? I've never needed any of this stuff to run. Oh man. Yeah, there you definitely do. Wow. So have you guys been runners all your lives? No, no. I was a, a sponsored skateboarder at one time. Um, and then, yeah, I was actually obese. Like, so I, I had a business in the States and like that kind of became all of my focus. And, um, you know, I did what every American does, gain weight, right? Every year you gain more weight. And um, I eventually got to like, I don't know, 230, 240, something like that. And then um, I just kind of had enough of it. So I started walking around the block. Um, and keep in mind, like we used to have this, uh, like an assessment, the national fitness assessment thing where you have to do one mile within like that. crazy number, but like, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't do that's crazy Four laps running, you know? Um, so like, uh, it was interesting to start back up and I started walking around the block and then the walking came into, you know, turned into running. And then, um, I'd have people drop me miles away from my house no phone, no money, run back kind of thing. And then I did my first 10 mile, I couldn't even believe that. And then, um, yeah, it, it just kind of a snowballs. It's a, it's a thing where like, my cat was just trying to climb onto the, sorry. Oh, no, <laughs> he was trying to climb onto the uh, computer and I thought he was gonna, you know, cut us off. <laughs> but it's just, it's just a great, 
you know, like it's just a great, um, you know, some people have midlife crises and buy um, cars and things like that. And like, I don't know, for me, I, I guess I just started running and that turned into a positive thing, you know, um, a great way to, to kind of be addictive, have an addictive personality, which I do, and then convert that to something that's life changing. I mean, the things that we've seen over these years, what running has afforded me, it's been unbelievable. You know, the experiences, the, the health, the, um, the happiness, the, the relationships, the community, just all of it. I mean, you know, it's, it's running, the running community is very tight knit. The ultra running community is extremely, and then the ultra ultra community is so small that, you know, like I wouldn't feel weird if someone said, Hey, I'm going to be in Bulgaria. I would invite them to my house if they were an ultra runner and just, you know, it wouldn't be anything. Yeah. You know, it's just that it's that tight, tight knit community. It's been that that way ever we went in the world, like we've been invited to stay at people's houses, and you know, it's just it's just been a wonderful sort of uh, enhancement in the life that would never have happened without this sport. Cassandra, what about you and your your running career? Um, so I I kind of took a more similar path to yours that um, I found out. Before finding out I was a runner, I really realized that I'm just interested in like the journey of it all. So I was running maybe one or two miles at a time. And then I found out about um, 100 mile races. And I was like, let's do that. Those are my people. Sign me wow. up. <laughs> so yeah, That's I went from Sandra. like barely a runner and I signed up for a 100 mile. I'm like, I'm going to sign up and we're going to figure it out. And it was, I think I was like 11 months, couched 100. and. Uh, I finished. I met him. It was good. All was oh well. My God. I my age group because I was like 22 at the time. <laughs> so I was the only one there, you know. Um, it was interesting because I came to the sport a little young, but that's because I skipped the whole running part and went just straight to like super ultras. And I'm learning to run better now. Um, I'm, much, I, I'm much better at running than I used to be. Um, but I'm really in it for like the, the suffer fest. That's that's my brand. That's awesome. My God, you're the first person I've ever met, so to speak, um, that went from couch to 100 miler. That's insane. That's, uh, and how old are you now? It really resonated with me, though. That, you know, I, I heard about these people. They're training for this 100 miler they're running next week. And I was like, yeah, I want to I wanna be those people, you know? <laughs> Let's do that. Oh, my God. What a, yeah, what a great aspiration. So... Um, what, so getting back to the COVID thing, um, what has there, have there been any limitations for you? Cause I know just for me and some of my friends, like at first, when this thing first happened and maybe it's just because I've, I'm already living in the States and I had a, a lifestyle and we were like on, I teach at, the, at a university and, um, we were on spring break and then all of a sudden I had to like learn how to teach online, which was insane. You know, it's sort of like, and so we got an extra week to, you know attempt to prepare you know but I mean I just yeah. didn't feel like running for the longest time because I was just like it, it, I think we've kind of gone through stages of grieving and things like that you know and um you know I, I'm, I'm now we're into the surreal but um yeah so I don't know did, did any of that you know affect you because I know it, your lifestyle was probably a little different than mine but there was no there was nowhere to run so like so it was surprising to come to the States to see how lax things were, even in the most locked down cities. So across the United States, the most locked down city was Chicago, but we could still go out and run and there was like stuff open. In, in Europe, 
it's a lot different and it varies by country, but generally uh, we weren't allowed to leave our property. Um, we, uh, you need to basically, uh, you know, in, in France, they make you uh, go online and then you have to fill out a form to get a pass to leave your house. So if you didn't have the pass, there were serious fines. If you broke quarantine in Bulgaria, it was like 50,000 US dollars and up to five years in prison if, wow. if you broke the quarantine. Um, so we didn't have the ability really to go anywhere. We were on a farm, which was lucky, but there were no, like we were just starting to make our trail. So like literally we didn't run for three months, two months, something like that. No running at all. We were and pretty active with building the trails, but it wasn't yeah. running. I mean, so our running game is like, work. it's just been like, I put on weight, a little bit of weight. Um, my speed has gone down. Uh, my endurance has gone down. There are no races to look forward to. Uh, you know, we were going to run the ultra again, um, but that race was canceled. Um, Can I tell about Spain though? Yeah. So one of the things we experienced in Spain with um, the lockdown, one day we were out working on our farm. It's really rural and there's pretty much no one lives around there. And a helicopter flies over. We're like, what's helicopter doing? You know, weird. And then maybe 20 or 30 minutes later, several trucks came out. And you never see a car. You'll see a car once every four days maybe out there. Um, and all of these, like, government trucks came around. And apparently the helicopter was looking to see if people were out working on the farms. And so they had to come out and check that everyone who's on what the land out there actually is living there and not breaking quarantine, which was just or you got arrested i mean yeah, yeah. so so they, they it was a complete lockdown so when we came to the states it was nice because we we landed in um los angeles which is pretty open we flew down to stay with our, our really good friends near uh, san francisco um and we were able to run every day but like we were down to like a five mile run was starting to get exhausting you know and like th those would be like days where if we had a five mile run day on training it would be like, oh yeah, if we have the whole day ahead of us, this is absolutely nothing, you know, like you might even have to shower after that. And now it's like, oh, I'm dying, I'm dying up here, you know, like, it's so funny how fast it all goes away, your endurance goes away. You know, a couple months is just, it's a lifetime, I think. Yeah, I agree, yeah. Well, and especially at your level too, I think that's, yeah, that, that would be harder. I mean, you know, for, for somebody like me, it's not as big of a deal, you know, it's like, yeah, well, but I, uh, sorry, my cat is batting at me now. Um, anyway, um, yeah, and then I sprained my ankle about a month ago, which is so embarrassing. So, um, but that's done. I know, I was like, oh my God, no, I, I actually am at the point where I want to run and then I do that, but it really, thank God I didn't do any kind of hairline fracture or anything. And so I've been able to run short distances and it's, it's pretty well healed by this point but it was just like oh my god it's just been really crazy so um that's 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 unfortunate yeah yeah it's uh yeah well i mean it's weird because it's like i've had like strange injuries well i shouldn't say strange injuries but like i had a plant car in in uh, like three years and uh, it was when i was getting ready to move up to san antonio i think it's just all the stress involved but it kind of knotted up my cat all that. and uh yeah so anyway but i uh yeah so i, I yeah so i dealt with that and then i had some sort of intestinal thing going on last summer <laughs> it's like, but i'm excited though because we actually have some races uh in uh, hill country that that are at night they're called the captain carl series and they are you can do 10k 20k 30k or 60k 
And um, they start at like 7 p.m. and go until um, 7 a.m. the next day. And it's just like one of my favorite things to do. I only I only do like 30K, but you know, it, but still, I'm, I'm so they, they are gonna be doing those. Um, what's, uh, I, I know, I think you guys are gonna be gone by then. I, 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 I know, I'm sorry. End up in San Francisco by July 2nd. So if it's before then, we can literally be anywhere. Until July 18th, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh. I know. I know. I was I was thinking about that when, when you were saying when you were leaving. I was like, oh man, you guys would love those because they're really fun. You know? Yeah. It's just got a really cool vibe. And the race director is awesome, you know. And, and I volunteer with these guys a lot. And so they're friends, you know. But uh, but anyway, um, God, I'm trying to think of Anything else you want to add? I know I've kind of been all over the map. I mean, I know we could probably talk about a lot of other things, but I want to try to keep this somewhat focused, you know. Um, but, but I'm glad you're getting to go back. So that, that's that's good news. Um, so you're not like, <laughs> I know I kind of felt sorry for you guys in a way because I was like, oh my God, they're stuck in the U.S. and it's like now we're having, you know, all these riots and protests and everything. Oh. Yeah, I've just never seen, I mean, you know, and I'm older than you guys, but it's like, I've never seen anything like this in my entire life. I mean, this is, this is crazy. And yeah, I just, you know, it, but I'm, you know what, I have to say, I'm kind of happy to see people standing up, you know, for what they think is right. And I think that, you know, although it kind of freaks me out a little bit because we are in the middle of the pandemic when we're supposed to be kind of away from each other. Yeah. I'm really worried about another outbreak. So that, that, you know, and then everything's going to you know, go to hell again, but um, but hopefully, yeah, but, but I was like, oh my God, what a, what a weird time to be here. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we're thinking too. It's like, wow, like this is, it, it needed to happen, mm-hmm. but, um, maybe not quite now. Yeah, right when in the pandemic, it's like, how can, how can people not contract it? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like the statistics on it, there, there were just, Thousands and thousands of people. I think shoulder to shoulder. I think straight. I think the math on it works out. Every five hundred, one of every five hundred people will have. When we were in Dallas, that's coronavirus. That the rate. So if you have thousands of people, that means at least two people in the audience, two people in the protest had it. And uh, yeah, I mean, and I'm not like very nervous about it. I think that um, if we were to catch it, we'd probably be just fine. You know, we have no right. other conditions. It'll be a little ugly, but not bad. Yeah, I mean, real high. yeah, it's just, it just seems like it, that's going to be a problem, and it's in every major city, so. Yeah, I know, I know, so that's why I'm afraid we're going to probably get locked down. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> God, I hope, I hope you get out of here and, you know, before, you know, our own, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, I think there's just been so much going on, and, you know, then this thing happened, and, you know, and, pandemic or not i think people were and it just it kind of surprised me but i was kind of proud of people for standing up i feel is right and so you know that kind of made made me happy i'm sorry that's my other cat god it's okay you know what was interesting too about it was that um unlike other riots before which they're trying to compare it to where it divided people by race i would say that by our observation because we were in the middle of it right that i would say that it was pretty evenly distributed among ethnicities so, so that's kind of nice. It's like, look, we're in this together. Police don't have unlimited um, power. And you can see the police officer side too. It's like, geez, you know, like you're always dealing with all the problems, you know what I mean? So you can see how someone can like, um, you know, they're, they can just get frustrated and, you know, basically do something insane like that, which that, that's a criminal act. But it's just like, you can see both sides, but I think people do need to stand up 
and I like to see that it wasn't one of those things where it was divided across uh, different races. It's, yeah. it's more new. Yeah. yeah, I think that, that that part really made me pretty happy, um, you know, to see that. You know, thank God, you know. Cause, um, yeah. But I, was say I, do, I, do one, I do have one plug. Not, it's not even a plug. It's just oh, really okay. to help out. It's not like a brand or anything like that. But okay. um, I've been just trying to get, we're trying to get together uh, people that wouldn't mind pacing uh, an attempt on the Appalachian Trail. So the Appalachian Trail for ultra running is kind of like, that's the, the shit, right? And uh, a friend of ours, um, who I think is actually going to break the record, is doing his attempt. Yeah. So he's doing he's doing the attempt. He's got uh, people that ran it before him that had the record, helping him train and giving advice. So it, there's a good probability that he's going to do it. Um, so I'm just putting the word out there that anyone that's curious wants to see a pro runner, yeah, run a hundred miler or actually not hundred miles. Sorry, thousand miles, whatever. Yeah. If you want to see like if you're thinking about running an ultra and you're wondering wondering how the pros prepare and how they adapt and what it's like for them. Um, we're looking for people that wouldn't mind running, even if it's just one day of it with him. Uh, we're just trying to put people together because that's the hardest part about the attempt is just getting people. And he's from the UK, so he doesn't have a lot of contacts here. So, like, I'm trying to just say running clubs that would like to learn about ultras. I mean, you're not going to get a better you're not going to get better exposure to ultras. Like, if you're on the fence about whether you ever wanted to try it, this would be an amazing opportunity to have. Brands will be there. I think Coros is sponsoring him on this, and he's got a, a few others that are kind of in the works. They're shooting a documentary for it, um, and you could learn from a pro. Yeah, he's an actual on the most epic, and we'll end up being there. So that's you know. When is he going to do this? Well, we're supposed to be uh, June of this year, but obviously that's impossible because the Appalachian Trail is still closed. So it's a 2021. So there's a whole year to think about it. Uh, and I know that's a, a, a tremendous amount of time, but basically every time we're interviewed, I just try to mention it. Oh, that's because, because this is cool. I mean, like if I was going to do my first hundred, how awesome would it be just to like, you know, the well, states are run with Christian. Yeah, Christian's a good. He's mm -hmm. a wealth of knowledge. He's a really excellent runner. Yeah, and you could see like everyone. The assumption with pro runners is that we feel no pain, right? All oh, those guys have it so easy. They just hop down. If you want to see like. Yeah, there have been times where like people cry. You'll see Christian cry probably during it. You know, it's just uh, for me, I literally leave the sport probably twice or three times during the super super long distances. It's like I'm never doing this again. I'm insane. I'm not an actual you know actual runner. You can see people just break down and realize you're not alone, but you can also see the tools that help you push through to finish and finish well in an ultra. Despite those, yeah, you know, upsets. And that's everyone. Scott Urich, Killian, everybody it does the same thing. So like, it's kind of neat to, to get that level of training. It's for free. All you have to do is just be there and like maybe carry the guy's bag for him and, and cheer him on and stuff like that. And like help him get through the harder, harder thing. So that's the other one. <laughs> his name he's is, a, his name is P P E A. And uh, yeah, he's, he's 12. Yeah. He's also good. He cries a lot. So, um, so if people here, I think this interview is coming to a close here soon. Um, if um, people are interested in, because I actually have some ultra running friends um, in the in Texas that may very well be up for that kind of fun. Um, so, how would they uh, get involved in that? Uh, or if you just want, you can email me the information or something like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll email you the information because, like, I don't have anything formal set up. Like I said, I mean, it's a 
it's kind of a plug-ish, but not really a plug. I'm just trying to help, a, a, like, that's the community, right? That's how it works. So yeah, I'll email you, maybe it's my Facebook or, or something like that, and just get in touch and we'll start to like, we've got an Excel uh, spreadsheet mm -hmm. all the slots. So like, even if you just want to say, look, I just want to run an hour with a, a pro ultra runner and just see what it's like. And someone's in the area. And if you're in the area, come on down. We'll, right. we're, we're gonna get an active um, map of where we're going. Mm -hmm. And then you can join up. There's never too many. So like, uh, you know, yeah, there's five people. Like tracking for it. Yeah. And it'll be cool. You'll be in a documentary possibly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and it'll be hopefully well supported if, if Cassandra and I kind of like champion enough well enough. Yeah. It's uh, the best way to learn, I think, is just to kind of see that. I wish I had that when I started. You know, I, I no idea what I was getting into with the, the Ultra. Yeah. Cool. No, that's no, I, I and I'm in a, a number of um, running groups, you know, again, with some very talented runners and, and mm -hmm. who might be interested. Jeez, this is like off the rails. This is like teaching via Zoom. It's, it's like this all the time. It's like, here's, you know, I, I have my students will be on and they'll be like showing us their pets. And oh my God, it's just so funny. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, well, it's just part of life during COVID. You know, woohoo! Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, yeah, send me that info when you guys get it, and, and um, that'd be really great. Um, it has been such a pleasure to talk to both of you and and to meet you, and because I know Brian's been telling me about you for a while, and, um, and so I was just like, I kept thinking, this guy's not even in my league. He's, you know, <laughs> I just kept thinking, I don't know about this, but then I, you know, when I was hearing about your adventures with the, with the pandemic, I thought, okay, that's good of enough angle that I can kind of, you know, work you in without this turning into like every other podcast, you know, cause that's been kind of like my, it, it started out with just me kind of talking about my experiences, which is primarily what it is, but then every now and then I'll do one of these kind of interviews or um, I do something called master series where I interview runners over 50 just about their experiences because we are sort of a different breed and so yeah so this is it's, I've only been doing this for not even a year yet but uh yeah it's kind of cool so uh, I have one recommendation too so like uh yeah we have we have this ultra runner the 70 and he just tears it up Doc, we call him Dr. Bob but, he, but he's he, retired now but he's he retired a he's a retired doctor but two things that are really interesting one is he was a medical director for western states Oh wow! And he is an amazing ultra runner. We love this guy. So whenever we go to California, we always stop by Dr. Bob's and, and run with him for a little while because he just is a wealth of knowledge. He'll be a great interview for you. Yes. I mean, Send me this info because yeah, I, I'm I'm always looking for people because I I have this because everybody I I know unfortunately in the running community is primarily in Texas at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's just kind of very Texas centric. So it would be really nice to get somebody who's not just in Texas. You know? <laughs> so anyway, all right, guys, well, thank you so much again and um, best wishes to you and, you know, we'll stay in touch. Um, and, and I hope you guys get out of here in, in July. And all right, well, I will, uh, uh, this will, this episode will air, uh, next Monday. Um, also, if you guys can send me a photo, uh, of the two of you, you know, um, that would be great. And so that way I can use it as the cover art, you know, doing that. Yeah. 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 Not just, yeah. Well, just Photoshop something. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you can do a selfie. That's okay. Um, anyway. All right. Well, listen, good luck to both of you. And uh, thanks for talking to me. Yeah, thanks for taking the time.
All right. Bye. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that interview. Um, again, they were really cool and we're going to stay in touch. Um, so hopefully they uh, have a safe trip back to Europe uh, at the beginning of July. And um, at least that's the plan. And um, yeah, so again, it was really quite something to talk to, you know, two people who are sponsored runners and very accomplished. And um, I know it's sort of a shame that, you know, the mule shoe race isn't, you know, in their window uh, of time, you know, to be here, because I think they would really love it. And, um, and the other thing I think I take away from that interview is that Matt especially seems to be someone who does this because he likes the stories. He likes to get the, you know, the life experiences. And that's exactly why I do trail running. I am certainly, you know, nowhere near his level, nor do I aspire to be. I do it for different reasons, but, but it is, you know, about the stories. I mean, you know, you're not going to have a great story, you know, doing a road race or something, you know, I mean, very seldom. So I think that's the, you know, so I, I think there's something to be said for the trail community. I know I say this over and over, but it is true. And um, just on a personal level, running is getting a little bit better. Um, it's uh, this week I, you know, did several runs, short ones. And then on Saturday, I did a six miler, um, which wasn't too bad. I did, you know, kind of walk some of it because it was really hot. And um, and I'm still trying to get myself, you know, back at it. And I'm trying to adjust to the heat so that when I do mule shoe, um, I won't be throwing up on the side of the trail or anything like that. Um, but yeah, and then this morning I took myself out to an actual trail, which I haven't been on in months and I uh, went out to McAllister park and I got in about four. Um, my knee was sort of acting up, which is weird because I normally don't have knee issues. So I'm not sure what's going on. I think it just, I'm not concerned about it particularly, but it was just sort of annoying. And I think I was also kind of tired from the day before. And again, I started too late and yeah, it, and I hadn't eaten, you know, and all the dumb things that I do all coming back. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, it was, um, it, it was, it still felt pretty good to get out there. Um, you know, I'm just going to try to keep upping the mileage week by week. I don't want to go too crazy because then I, you know, I certainly don't want to set myself up for injury. Um, so yeah. And, uh, so let's just hope that um, we don't have another outbreak, you know, and stuff doesn't get shut down again. I'm so worried about that because I love the protests. I think the protests are such, it's it's interesting because to me, it's almost like what trail runners are. They're altruistic, you know, and that's what I'm seeing with these, um, with these protests. I mean, the, of course, the peaceful ones. And I think there's something to be said for that. And um I just feel like, you know, here's people, <laughs> here we are, we're rioting in the middle, or not rioting, or protesting, you know, in giant crowds, you know, during a global pandemic, but people are willing to take that risk. And I think there's something to be said for that. I just, I hope it doesn't backfire. It, it does concern me and, um, you know, hoping that, you know, maybe this thing is kind of weakened and, you know, things will be okay. And, you know, that's my naive hope, but, that's, that's all you can do right now. I mean, cause we don't really, we still don't know that much about this thing. So I don't know. I don't know. But, um, anyway, so yeah, so I'm going to just keep at it. And, um, my friends, Orly and Kathy are coming up for mule shoes. So I'm very excited about that. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's little by little things are starting to feel better. I, I don't feel as, you know, glum or sad. And I think, I think part of it is too, is that with, 
with the COVID, it made me feel very helpless. And it still makes me feel sort of helpless because there's nothing I can really do about it except sit in my house, you know. But I think with these protests, even though I have not gone out to mix it up, mainly just because I can, I never know when they are or where, um, I think there's something to be said for that. I mean, I think there's something um, really cool about that. And I feel like this is something that we can actually affect change. And I'm hoping that we do. And, um, and by we, I mean all of us. And um, even if you're just, you know, silently supporting them by contributing to organizations or you know, uh, or if you are marching, um, you know, whatever your involvement may be, or just being empathetic to the cause. I mean, whatever you can do is is really important. And I feel like it kind of has given me a, a, a new sense of pride about being an American in that. Because I mean, I think for a long time, and I know this is going to end up sounding political, and it does, it's not really supposed to be. But I think for a while, I, I was just feeling kind of like, God, it's so embarrassing, you know, and whatnot. But then, you know, this sprang up out of nowhere, really. I mean, I mean, obviously, the, the incident was terrifying and shocking and, and, and just horrific, you know, and I think it's just it was just this tipping point. And to me, it's kind of unusual. I mean, I don't know if it's unusual, but it's like there have been so many other ones before this that I'm surprised that we didn't speak out. But maybe it's just because everybody's been pent up. They're angry. They're tired. They're, you know, tired of being lied to and, and everything and watching all this violence, you know, against people, you know, that maybe this was the right time for this to happen. And of course it is. And um, anyway, I hope I'm not saying anything offensive because that's not this is coming from a very sincere place. And um, I uh, just I don't know, just needed to say that. So <sighs> I think that's all I've got for now. I'll see you next time.